Hey, listen, we are continuing today our series on honor. And in this series, man, we have seen a, a, a simple principle for living life. We've also seen a profound promise for, from God, and they're in the same thing. That simple statement, honor me and I will honor you. That word honor means make heavy, make weighty, make significant. So the Lord says, make me weighty in your life. I'll make your life weighty. I'll make your life significant. Make me weighty and significant with the pieces of your life, your, your marriage, your, your decisions, your job, your relationship with the church, all these aspects of your life. Make my will, make my way weighty in the way you do those things, in the way you live those things, and then I'll make those areas of your life weighty, something of value, something significant. And uh, folks, you know, as we work on this, it, it dawned on me the other day, you know, we don't just wake up one day and go, wow, look, I've honored the Lord. Wow, look, my home has honored the Lord. Folks, we do that on purpose. We, we choose to obey the Lord for this reason and, and to have that opportunity to have the Lord honoring our lives. Of course, as we've walked through this series, we've also seen that we're not just honoring the Lord with our lives, but we're also honoring the things he tells us to honor, the things he honors. We've seen that, that God honors life. That means we value life, and that means we value people. We, we, we give them value. We honor them, not because they deserve it, not, not because they're going to do the same thing for us. We do that because they were created in the image of God. We also saw, have seen that, that we're to honor marriage. We honor that relationship that God gave mankind. Obviously a great marital directive, you know, to honor your mate, honor your, your marriage. But the command was given to the, to the church as a whole. Young and old, married, single, widowed, divorced, we are all to honor marriage. We're all to honor that marriage altar, that special place that, that one man and one woman share together. And today we kind of take the next step out of that and we look at honoring the home. Did you know, folks, and I, I say did you know, because I, I think even sometimes as believers we've forgotten this living in our culture. God has given a definition of family. God has given a picture of family and he builds that through his word, through the scriptures. Look up here. Let me show you several passages. Genesis chapter one, male and female, he created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. A second passage, Exodus 20, this comes to us from the 10 commandments. This will be one we focus on a little bit more next week, not just parenting per se, but the whole concept of authority. And, and we're going to look at several passages in scripture about authority. But you see here, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And then Deuteronomy chapter six, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And then Psalm 127, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Think about that word picture there. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Now folks, what was just built there was a definition of family, was, was a picture of family. And it says there that that's what God honors. It says male and female, the first building block, male and female, he saw that and then he, he blessed that. 
Well, folks, that word bless there is kind of being used in the same context as, as our word honor. So God starts off the home and he's got a male, he's got a female, and that's what he blesses. That's what he honors. And then he gives that male and female an assignment. What did he say there in Genesis 1? He said, multiply, have children. Folks, a, a primary function of marriage is to have children. There are some reasons sometimes that we can't. There are some reasons, maybe even valid sometimes, that we don't. But folks, really set the reasons aside for a moment. A primary reason, a primary function of a man and a woman coming together in marriage is to have children. And, and the scripture sets kind of an attitude about those children. They're, they're a blessing. They're a reward. It, it gave us that picture of the soldier, the warrior holding those arrows in his hand. Well, for a warrior, his weapon, that's his strength. That's his standing. That's his chance for victory. That's what it's describing the children as. And then with those children, God gives an assignment. Obviously, we don't want uh, naked, little, uneducated starving children running around. And so yes, we're to, we're to feed them, we're to educate them, we're to, to do those things, but that's not why God gave us children. He didn't say, look at you and say, well, you know what? You need somebody to feed, so have children. No, there, there's a purpose in having the children and there's a purpose for multiplying and that's discipling. We are to raise children under the Lord. And that really is kind of what Jerry was hitting on a moment ago there with that, that idea, that phrase, the primary faith trainer. Mom and dad, you are the primary faith trainer in your child's life. Yes, the church comes alongside you. We, we come alongside you. We support, we help, we encourage, we, we give resources, we help you grow in the Lord so you have something you're actually handing off to that child. But, but it's not the church's job to be the primary faith trainer. That's, that's your job. Now, folks, what was just described there is, is God's idea of the home. That's the, God's idea of, of the family and what builds a society. It, it sounds very natural, kind of, kind of simple. It, it, he built it so you just kind of walk through it and each step kind of happens next. And yet, it ends up not being so simple. It, it can get kind of muddy. It can get kind of complex. Sometimes that's because of our own, of our own sin, our own selfishness. I think the picture of a home in our culture today has kind of become muddy because we don't, we don't really support God's picture, do we, in our culture? I don't mean to sound like negative Nelly here, but it just kind of seems like our culture supports about any idea of family but that one. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, we, we promote, we celebrate. I mean, even in a governmental sense, our, our tax code puts the heaviest burden on the husband and wife with children. And actually, in some cases, not all, but in some cases, actually supports a picture that is not God's idea at all. And, and then how about TV? Wow, where do you go with that? And you can find a TV show that has a husband and a wife. And by the way, did you notice that you can see almost anybody on TV in bed together except a husband and a wife. You're, watch this week. Now, not for people in bed, but you get what I'm saying, okay? But you see what's being promoted on TV. Yeah, you can, you can find a husband and a wife and children, but that's not the programs that are celebrated. We're, we're in award season on TV, aren't we? About every week, there's a different award they give each other. Look at the shows that are being awarded. Look at the shows that are being promoted. They're about family, not God's idea, but about any other kind of idea. 
And then even, even the attitude about children. You, you know, I mean, God talks about it being a blessing and a reward. You know, in our culture, a child is a liability. I'm not saying something negative about children, and, and I'm not saying that's what society... No, for all of us, that's the way our culture has kind of been designed, and, and a child is a liability in our culture. Our culture kind of makes a child the exact opposite uh, of what scripture makes a child. And I'm not challenging whether somebody loves their little bouncing bundle of joy. I mean, think about it like this. Prior to the 1900s, a child being born into a home literally meant a greater chance to survive. At an earlier age, that child was a contributing member of the home. At an earlier age, they were a contributing member of society. But, but that's not true at all in our culture today. As a matter of fact, you want to guarantee that a young person has a very difficult time in life, send them out of the house about 15 to be independent. Our culture is not shaped that way. It won't work. That, that will not guarantee a very good opportunity. Man, to give your child your, their best chance, they have to remain dependent at least until 18 if not even kind of get into that 18 to 22 range. And, and if you've carried a child into that range, I can assure you that is an expensive range, isn't it? Which is why when we're thinking about getting pregnant or we just get pregnant, what's the, one of the very dominating questions that comes with that? Can we afford it? Folks, can we afford it? That's how, that's a, that is a question that comes tagged on every child. Folks, can we afford it is a liability question. I mean, think about it this way. You're going to get a huge inheritance this year. Do you stop and think to yourself, boy, I don't know if I can afford that inheritance. I, I just don't know if all that money should come into our home. I, I, we can't afford that. Do you look, hey, we're getting a big pay raise this year. Not sure we can afford a pay raise. I'm, I'm not sure that's going to go well. That, no, you don't look at blessing. You don't look at increase and ask if you can afford it. You say, you say bring it on, right? But with a child, we don't see. See, Scripture saying this is a reward, this is a blessing, and we're asking if we can afford it. I, I guess the Scripture from the Scripture, the child would be the only blessing that we would ever say, that's enough, Lord, no more blessings. No more blessings. Anywhere else in life, bring it on. But there, no, 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 not so much. You see how we kind of end up the exact opposite of where God is on that? Now, we, we could talk all morning, couldn't we? On, on the difference between God's picture of the home, the, the attitude about the home, and, and where our culture is. But folks, regardless of whether we're in a, a supporting culture or not, we're to honor the home, aren't we? That's what God honored. That's what God blessed. That's what God designed. And we are to honor that. We are to value that. That doesn't mean we have to attack another family. That doesn't mean we have to attack a, a, another home or idea of home. But it sure means we need to stop being squeamish and shy about the home that God has given, the home that God has designed. And, and folks, just to take those verses I showed you earlier, this is it in a sentence. This is what we value. We value male and female because that's what God blessed and that's what God honored. We value multiplying and we value discipling those children under the Lord. This, this is what we value. This is what we stand for. It is a picture that is being mocked. It's a picture being forgotten but this is what we build our lives around. As a matter of fact, let me give you three ideas, three ways we can honor this idea. Number one, 
know God's design. Now that's that sentence and, and the verses that go with it. We need to know God's design. We need to know his purpose for marriage and parenting. We shouldn't get married just because we're in love and it seems like we've dated long enough. We shouldn't have children just because, well, it seems time, right? No, we should have a, hey, God has a design here. God has a purpose here. And as we move into that next step, we should be moving in light of God's design. We should be moving in light of God's purpose. Folks, that means we're actually studying what his word says about marriage, about parenting. We're growing in it. We're learning. We're evaluating where we are, where we're trying to go. We're ready to communicate this to others. Number two, we live God's design, I think, on purpose, right? We don't just get up the next day, you know, well, you know what, we got to pay bills and, and, and feed the kids and we need to clean the house and we need to go to work. Yeah, those are all super important things. They have to be done, right? You got a home, you got a family, you have to do those things. But folks, that's not living the purpose. This is God's purpose. We're, we're intending that to live this way each day. Young people, singles, think about it this way. When you're dating and you're falling in love... Is it, this is what, what I've got in mind here. What, what I think what's trying to be expressed here is when we're, we're dating, you should actually look at somebody and think, boy, down the road, if I keep going this direction with this person, is this somebody that I see has a passion for discipling a child in the Lord? It might be kind of hard to see somebody real young, but can you see it? Can you see this is where they're going in life? This is the kind of mindset they have. Maybe this is the background they come out of. That's what it means to live on purpose, to live with this in mind. Listen, if I keep falling in love with this person, if I keep growing closer and closer to them, well, then God has an idea of where this relationship ends up. It ends up discipling a child in the Lord. You begin with the end in mind. Does that make sense? A little yes every now and then would be awesome. Very encouraging. Okay, number three, number three, be a picture of God's picture. Be a representative of God's design. You know what, folks? This is, this is why we're on the earth, okay? It's, it's to show the world, hey, man, God has a will and God has a way and it's communicated in his word and it's beautiful and it works and it helps us to know him. It helps us to better know each other. And, and folks, people watching you and I live should see that in our lives. Now, that, that's true of every area. Today, obviously, we're kind of focusing on the home. We, we, you know, our, your, your mate and you, your children and you, you're thinking about how does our home show our neighbors, show our friends, show folks at church, show a watching world, does our home show the world God's word and how it works? Does it do it in a way that literally may, our home would make uh, God's word an attractant? A, a, a lure. It would lure people to God's word. Not everybody. Yeah, some are going to hate it. Some are going to reject it. Some are going to ignore it altogether. But folks, your life could also be used to lure people. Hey, I want to know more about how that works. I want to know how, how did you know that? Where did you get that? And our lives become an attractant to God's word. You know, you could take number three and we could develop a whole series on that. We, we could have five or six messages on, on what this means, on, on how we do that. But folks, I think today the bigger thing we need to do on, than the what and the how is, is the why. Folks, why do we live this way? Because this is the goal God has given us, to be him on this planet. To, to be his word, to show his word with our home. I think we need to get this back out in front of us as a goal for our lives. And you know, I, I want to, kind of thinking in the, in, the, 
in the realm of the Psalms right now. It seems like every now and then in the Psalms when a real important point is made, it says selah. That means just stop right there and meditate on that. And I just think we need to selah right here. I want to stop and meditate on the moment. I want us to have just a quick moment of word of prayer about this. And kind of rededicate ourselves. God, I want my life. I want the world to see God's word in me. So I'm explaining all that because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop now. And I'm going to pray. And normally when I've been preaching for a bit and then I start to pray, we all get excited because that means it's, it's done, right? We get to go home now, okay? No, we're not done and you're not going home. So put your seatbelt on, calm down. But, but we're moving that direction, okay? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, it's, there's just no telling how many things we lived for this past week. How many things we charged into a day and, and I want to get this done, I want to get this accomplished, I have to do this, somebody's expecting this. No, no telling how many different things drove our week, drove our lives. And Lord, it's so easy to get caught up in that and not not have one minute, not have one day, maybe not anywhere in this week did we even stop and think, is my life representing you? Am I honoring the Lord in what I'm doing and how I'm living? And God, we just want to stop here for a moment and just kind of rededicate ourselves to being a picture of your picture, a representative of you and your design our focus today is centering on the home, but obviously this prayer, Lord, can, can apply to almost anything in life. God, I, I pray this would be a, a dedication of our heart and soul. I pray it would be a place that we would, would desire nothing more in our week, nothing more in our life than that we show a watching world you. We show them you and how we handle money. We show them you and how we date. We show them you and how we go to school. We show them you and how we do business. We show them you and how we do family and how we do home. We'll need your help for that, Lord. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.